All right, come on in and grab a seat. The Reality Roundtable. I'm Megs. And I'm the big guy. And we are the Reality Roundtable. All right, so episode 10 of Survivor opens up with Jake going around thanking everyone for allowing him to get to the top eight. They're all patting each other on their backs. He says he's back in the game. And you almost have to feel bad for him. He's got no clue. Just like we said last week about these people, how clueless they are. You then get Drew saying how Jake is basically Charlie Brown with a rain cloud following him around. If I'm going to read into this a little bit, because it is the season of Charlie Brown holiday specials, he doesn't really have any friends either. You know, you see him talking and engaging with people just like Charlie Brown, but nobody gave Charlie their candy on Halloween. Nobody said who cares that you didn't really get an invitation to the Valentine's party. The girl's a big dope anyways. Charlie Brown gets the thankless job of being a director uh, to a bunch of glory hound, snot-nosed kids. No one thanks him. They yell at him at the end. And Jake is the same way. No one gives him an idol. No one takes him to the side and says, hey, you're safe. We're going to vote out Kelly this week. He just keeps going along. And as Drew said, bops around playing this game of Survivor with no clue, just waiting for the next shoe to drop. Seriously, Jake's become a uh, must-watch the last couple weeks with the, the woes and the comments and whatever. The Charlie Brown thing, I thought they said it wrong. I thought it was Pigpen, you know, the cloud. <laughs> so nonetheless, same kind of thing. He's like a chicken with his head cut off, doesn't know where to go. Drew said Wednesday, he was the only guy who was actually talking to him. It's kind of funny because we see Emily talking to Drew about how clues Bruce is and how he let his top two allies go without so much as a whimper. And Kendra and Kelly, which is totally true, 100% true. And it's something you don't usually see in Survivor. But you want to scream into the TV like, hey, Emily, do you realize you're not in an alliance with these people either? That's like right. she, has, she has no clue. Yeah. And so Bruce just keeps winning challenges. He's won two in a row. And Emily and Drew are talking about Bruce. And we keep getting these montages, which is great. And they keep talking about how Bruce is winning. And they act like he's going to be able to win forever. And what I call a panic mentality. They have, they, like someone has to take a deep breath and say, okay, he can't win forever. It's impossible. No one's ever done it. He's not going to win forever. Eventually, we'll be able to get rid of him. And if you're Drew... Unless you're worried about the core four turning on you, you you get him out whenever. There's no rush. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. Nobody ever won every single immunity challenge. Obviously, he was going to lose eventually. I want to take a moment here to pause. For this particular episode, the social aspects of the game, which I've said for years, and we haven't been doing a podcast forever, but we've been doing something similar to this on Facebook, that the social aspect is what's missing from Survivor. It's what's make what, what made it so great in the beginning, and they got rid of it, and now it's back with this longer episode. And so something I want to pause and take a moment to point out is this year, I think, more than any other year, and you, your history, your knowledge of the history of Survivor is way better than mine, so you can, you can add to this at the end when I'm done talking about it. But the women this year are holding a grudge against people like I've never, ever seen men or women. You know, we got Julie wanting to take out Jake because he wrote her name down in desperation. You got Dee wanting Caleb and Kendra out because they, I think they were like talking about her, getting her out or something. You got Katura who's wanted Bruce out since like day one or day two. Makes no sense at all. And the only female not going hard at anyone is Emily. And Emily obviously is in a situation where she has zero power, but she's acting and behaving like she's part of the core four when she's not. Do you ever remember a group of males or females or survivor contestants in general just being so hell-bent on getting 
person out and just having this like myopic singular focus. Not, not to this extent, anyway. You know, Emily's been on the out since the first the five minutes of the episode of the season, and she's still there with seven people to go. So you know, kudos to her for still being there. Got to give her some, some kind of props there. She could have been voted out, and she hasn't. And for that, she, she deserves some credit. I just and, and she's doing she's doing the only thing she can do to survive, which is kind of pretending like she's part of the group, faking it till you make it. And I I do right. think, and I said this last week, and you agreed that at some point someone's going to take to say, hey, Emily's not that bad. Let's bring her into the fold and get rid of somebody else. And that might happen this week. We saw in the previews. You know, don't get too ahead of ourselves. But I think what really underlines the clueless gameplay of this season is when, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was Katura, Bruce, and Emily, I believe, talking about how they're just getting picked off one by one by the core four. And yeah. then Emily, they, Katura asks Emily, like, who's running things over there or something like that. And I think she throws out D's name. It was either Julie or D's name. I think it was D's name. I think it was D. Yeah, she's like, is D the one cool, calling the shots? And And in that position, you say yes. Even if you don't know, even if it's not, it paints a target on someone else's back. She's like, no, nah, I don't think so. Like, it didn't make any, it was so clueless. It didn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah, that was bad. That was your opportunity to just throw the blame on somebody else. And you have to assume, right? I mean, everything is pointing to this, this false understanding or belief that she is with them and she's protecting them. And it just doesn't make any sense. And then, and then what makes it worse is Emily says, I don't know if they'll ever turn on each other, which doesn't right. match up at all with what she yeah. did later on in the episode. Right after that, we see Bruce, and this is like, I think maybe the final one, but we see Bruce telling Katura that he gave up his idol to Kelly. She buys it, and he's like, no, no, I'm just kidding. Do you think that uh, people will buy that? Do you think they'll actually uh, pay attention? It's like, Bruce, you're not, she hates you. You're not playing with her. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, you had an opportunity here to plant the seed. Yeah, that made absolutely no sense. First of all, if, if that was even true, you don't say that three days later. You say that the next day or that night after the tribal's over, that was a dead giveaway right away that he was lying. I know later on, I think the next scene or something, Katura, when she was talking to the other girls, said that I knew he was lying, but I played it up. That was crazy that he even brought that up. And she wanted him out for weeks, and she's made fun of the guy for weeks. We rail against these people and their gameplay and whatever, but they deserve to be sent home like lambs to the slaughter. They have no clue what's going on or how to play when to make moves, every step they make, every decision they make when they hit a crossroads is the wrong one. It would be hard to watch if it didn't make for good TV because sometimes this kind of like slaughter, dismantling, if you will, is, is boring. And we saw that, for those of you that watch Big Brother, for years, it was that would happen every summer. It would happen, and it's just like you know who's going next. You know who's going. And, and this is a case where we kind of know who's going next. But for some reason, it's still entertaining. Unlike, you know, anything that we've seen when you can predict who one or two people it's a coin toss to who's going home. So Katura, you know, she obviously goes and tells everybody that Bruce was lying and that Bruce has got this lie that he's going to tell everyone because no one's heard it yet. And Bruce's decision to tell Katura completely backfires because Bruce at the same time has convinced all of the men that he's telling the truth that he really did lose his idol and they buy it which is such a stupid misstep, and yeah. it didn't affect the ultimate outcome of the game. I mean, it probably caused him to leave a little earlier than he would have or could have, but he's a dead man walking no matter what. Just points again to the poor gameplay, and then at the end of the episode, he has to tell Jake it was a lie, who at this point is probably the only person that still thought it was true, and it blows up spectacularly. Jake is upset. Jake is like, I thought we were supposed to be friends. I don't understand why you're not telling me. Bruce had this plan that maybe could have saved him another day or two days. And then you don't know what happens. 
And because of that mistake of telling Katura, the whole thing blows up when you saw, and you don't actually get to see this often, the plan that he put in place would have worked not based on speculation because we saw it working with half the tribe. Complete debacle on, on Bruce's part. So why don't you tell us about the reward challenge, which I thought was pretty good. They had a race. They had to go under the net in the sand, come on out. And then they had the big the maze at the end. The funny part about that part was, was Jake. He grabs the handles. He's going up and down, up and down, up and down. The ball's flying everywhere. You got to do it with precision. And he couldn't figure it out. He was, he was getting pissed. And then it was down to Austin and Emily. And then, you know, Emily finally wins one. She was yeah, so excited. She couldn't contain yeah. herself. I don't think she believed she could ever win anything. And she may have said, yeah. she said something like that, I think, at the one point. Yeah, she said that, yeah, when they got to the sanctuary. And we all know that she wasn't going alone. They also didn't make a big enough deal about sleeping in the beds. They should have shown that. And the, if, yeah. I would have to assume the only reason they didn't is because it wasn't survivor worthy. I'm thinking they went inside somewhere because usually they show us those hit, those like Tahitian like huts. Yeah. When they stay in them or, or a hammock or something, they didn't show us any of that. And they yeah, didn't even said, talk about it when they came back. It's become old hat, so to speak. But I love that Emily has to pick people because it puts you in a situation where you have to decide, okay, do I really want to win this challenge or not? And it seems more often than not that people just go for hard for it and win it and worry about the consequences afterwards. But it is the kind of thing where you can really piss some people off depending on who you're friends with and who you're not. I thought she made a great decision it was a good choice to pick all the women because it's easy to say oh, i'm just taking all the women she didn't right. necessarily start at that point but that's where she ended up when she started picking people how did she pick right. julia she's definitely going to go all girls i don't think i've ever seen her and d talk to each other before so it's <laughs> interesting to see because d clearly is like the cool kid at the table and emily's not we haven't seen them talking and then the best part of the whole thing i thought they show them eating and, and drinking wine is up and they cut to the guys they're all talking about farting and burping and all this stuff. And, and then Drew takes his shirt off and he starts flexing. There's something <laughs> out of Revenge of the Nerds. And the music they were playing in the background was hysterical. They show him throwing old coconuts into the water from the beach and, you know, chopping, you know, whatever they were chopping with the machete. I, I thought that was pretty funny. That, that, was, that was a good, like, two minutes. I was laughing the whole time. I thought that was great. I thought it was the best unimportant moment in survivor history honestly it had zero bearing on the game but it was right. absolutely hilarious all right so we get the challenge it was great it was a new one we get katura's breakdown which had a little bit of drama i don't know if you noticed it but d almost got called out for not getting in position jeff had to remind her a couple times say hey you gotta get in position you got and then it was in the water so obviously it's uh it gets a little bit higher ranking for me what'd you think of the challenge being a new one i loved it it looked like they were way out in the middle it looked like the middle of the ocean they weren't really that far when they zoomed out after it was over. When I saw the the, uh, the ramps, I'm like, well, I've never seen this before. Comes down to Bruce and Austin. I'm like, this guy can't possibly win again. Yeah, and I then, thought the you know, misstep of the challenge was Austin not letting Bruce win. And the reason I say this is because if Bruce wins his third immunity in a row, now that's all everyone's talking about. And instead, Austin wins easily. And, he, and, and not that he's putting a target on his back at this point, but it's one of those things where people are like, well, he won. And instead of them talking about Bruce and that was a competition beast and they have to get him out, they're talking about Austin. And what could have happened, Bruce would have been the obvious next choice. And they probably, in all likelihood, would have got Jake out. So it would have been Jake, then Bruce, who's, you know, Jake's the low-hanging fruit and so is Bruce. And then Bruce goes next or they flush his idol, someone else goes, and then Bruce goes. So he's getting two, three steps possibly closer to that core four before they start to try to devour each other. And... Austin is, is going to beat those core four every day, whether it's a 
physical challenge or it's strategic gameplay or it's just having if he's in the final three with that with with two of the other four and he's going to get the votes so i just thought that the strategy versus what he did um didn't make sense when they went to commercial they wanted to have Katora swim with the group, which is pretty cool and make her feel good. Yes. We talked about this briefly when we were preparing for the podcast and you were kind of like, yeah, who cares? Bruce went out. He was losing anyways. But my feeling is that it was such a wasted opportunity to shake up the game. Like we said last week, the people on the outside don't know they're on the outside. And almost it was almost like it was choreographed this week where we get Jake realizing how little information he actually has. I think maybe culminating in him sitting on the beach and crying. And you had to feel for the guy because he does feel alone. And that feeling of loneliness transcends the game. His realization results in this this awkward and not nearly explosive enough conversation with Drew, where Drew calls him the mob boss. And so in that moment, Jake sincerely thought that he had people that were watching his back. I'm not sure who those people are. It would have been interesting to like get a little insight into who he thought was watching his back because I would have said it was Drew and Bruce. I think we'll get some carryover in degree to in the next episode from that little fight because Drew was still upset and tribal. You could see it. But by getting out Bruce, when Bruce was going to go home eventually, no matter what, again, the group of Emily, Couture, they totally shot themselves in the foot. I want to know, who do you think that Katora thinks she's working with? Mm, maybe, maybe, uh, <laughs> Julie or Emily, uh, maybe, Emily, it's gotta I guess. Be Emily, right? Yeah, it's got to be Emily. And then, because she was ready to get rid of Julie, why would Emily go out of her way to create this elaborate plan to get out a guy that every single person wants out? Like, right. all she did was put forth a ton of effort so that maybe – he doesn't use his idol, which is exactly what would have happened by just saying, "Hey, we're going to vote for you out. We're going to vote you out this week, Bruce." That's it. Like she went through all this, like sneaking and conniving. I don't get it. it to me, she she acted like that was a big move, and it just was not a big move. Yeah, she kept saying, "Flush his idol. Flush it where? Down the toilet? Where is he going to flush it?" The man said he was going to play it. He said, "Well, flat out, I'm going to use it." And then she's like, "Oh, we got to make him flush his idol. I'm flush his idol. Everybody knows he has it." And uh, this mentality that he's going to win immunity every single week, and then the one week he doesn't, he's got an idol to protect himself. It just – nobody wants him sitting next to them at the end. They're not going to let him get close to the final three. It just seemed like they got out a guy that was, like I said before, a dead man walking just like Jake. And now as a result of this poor decision by Emily and others, and Katora really, frankly, just those two, which which doesn't make any sense to me, infuriated me. I just feel like they ruined what could have been an otherwise great episode. If they'd gotten right. Julie or D out like was discussed, it would have been another great episode, another top 10 blindside. Instead, we get stuck with this. Then we get to the to the votes, and then he says, I'm literally not going to go home with an idol in my pocket. I think twice he said that. And then he, of course, doesn't play it. They kept zooming in on him when he said, does anybody have an idol or advantage want to play it? And then they just zoomed in on him playing with his hands and looking around. And It seemed like it was 10 minutes. Do you think that was real time, or do you think they just stretched a little bit? Yeah, I wonder. It seemed like it was. But who the hell knows? Why is no one talking about Drew or Austin? Jake is the only one that threw out Drew's name. And everyone reacted like he was trying to, you know, evict the Pope from, from Vatican City. It, it doesn't make any sense. Well, Drew, yeah. Who's Drew? He's just another guy that you're trying to beat. Yeah, uh, Drew's been pretty quiet. I mean, as far as challenges and stuff. But he has, he's been working in the underground, making moves. But he's got to improve the old resume if he wants to win. Yes. Yeah, he's going to have to get rid of Austin probably, you know, you know, yeah. in all likelihood. 
So it looks like this week we'll get some infighting amongst that core four, but it, it took way too long, was way too predictable, as we you know said the almost exact scenario. We we said that this exact scenario almost entirely was going to play out last week or the week before. How are Emily and Katura sitting there cheering on Bruce's demise, which is essentially they their demise? Like it, it, him walking out might as well have been one of them walking out. They're all like mocking him, which is kind of funny. But yeah, you're right. Even, I mean, they'll, they'll be next. Probably. Even Kendra, I mean, even Kendra, like, did Kendra think that he was the one that got her out? Like, how right. clueless are these people? Kendra's going crazy like he's the one that got her out. It was Julie and Austin and Drew that got her out. Bruce is the ally that they needed, even if he isn't the ally that they wanted. They really they really should have worked with him. It was just a disaster. So right. just to summarize again, you know, Bruce got voted out. There was a chance to have a tie or better and get rid of Julie or D, but Katura being so hell-bent on getting Bruce out, couldn't bring herself to save him. And Emily, who I guess thinks she just made a power move, decided it was a bigger move to get out Bruce than Julie or D, which it wasn't. And Jake, who at this point is just so desperate. I, I have a great analogy, but it's not appropriate. But he he's just trying to get any foothold he can in the game. He's willing to eat sand if it gives him another day. He, he also votes out Bruce to go home instead of getting, like I said, another you know top five, top ten blindside. And it was a good episode. I thought it could have been a great episode. Like you said, the montage, hilarious. The splicing of all the social game in the beginning was perfect. It's what the game has missed for a long time. We needed that. I wanted that. I loved it. But then just to vote out Bruce, who was going to go home anyways, that to me just kind of tainted. It didn't ruin. It tainted what would have been otherwise a, a top episode. Who do you think that Julie, she's planning on targeting? I'm going to say D, I think. Yeah, like I said a while ago, I, I want to either see all girls in the final or I want to see those three, Drew, Aust, and D. I mean, Austin's in the driver's seat. Seven people left. He's got two idols. Although he did give one to Julie, so I guess he doesn't have it te- technically. I don't know. You don't know so, where it is. Do you think he leaves it with Julie and lets Julie saves Julie, or do you think he saves it, Austin? said last night when they showed Julie's name is that it had immunity idol under her name. Drew still has the, the safety without power, which I don't know if people forgot about, but he still has that. I'm assuming there'll be an idol up for grabs. Since he left it in his pocket, so there'll be one more. That's the expectation, right? You have to think that Austin isn't going to need to use his idols. So he's either going to use an idol on himself and give one to somebody at the end to ensure his safety, or he's going to give it to two people or something like, or he's going to just never use it. So that ends the episode for this week. It was what could have been an excellent top 10 uh, episode, and instead it was just a very strong episode. I like that they're still introducing new twists, new challenges. Best of luck to all the competitors. Best of luck to anyone that's in a pool like us. I'm the big guy. I'm Eggs. And we're out of here.